Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So big news coming out. It's been announced. Novak Djokovic will be playing at the Western and Southern Open and the US Open. We're back again sooner than we expected, just because there's some news come out. Novak Djokovic has announced he's now playing the US Open, which is massive news. Good to hear one of the big three has announced that the event. We obviously had Rafael Nadal announcing he was going to be missing the event. Obviously, Roger Federer is not going to be there due to injury. Novak Djokovic's chance now. Can he nick another Grand Slam? Yeah, that's one step closer. Yeah, I, I know when I told you that the news had just broke that Djokovic is playing, you was like, uh, I thought he was playing anyway. So yeah, it's probably not big news for you. But it's been confirmed now that he definitely will be playing in, in the US Open and the Western and Southern Open, what happens just a bit before. So it's, um, it's big news for tennis. And um, the first time he's competing in a major without either of Nadal or Federer. So it's going to be huge. And obviously his favourite to win it. Yeah, But it's going to still bring up all the debates whether is this an asterisk Grand Slam now? Loads of players are unable to make it. Um, it's under different conditions. Yeah, We're in a worldwide pandemic at the end of the day and it's happening in, in America, this, this tournament. But it's going ahead, it seems, and Djokovic is now going to be there. So, Yep, that's good. And especially good for all the Djokovic fans who probably missed seeing him play for well the past what feels like six months now, or since the Australian Open, really, since we really saw him uh, in mm. full action. So yeah. it's going to be exciting. We're looking yeah, forward no, to it. Yeah, and it was actually a very interesting statement. I don't know if you got a chance to read it. If you didn't, I'll read it out now for you. Oh, yeah, go for so, it. So Djokovic has said that, obviously, he's happy to confirm that he's participating in the Western and Southern Open and the US Open this year. It was not an easy decision to make with all the obstacles and challenges on many sides. But the prospect of competing again makes me really excited. Obviously, this guy is a competitor. He loves competing. The thought of just being back on, on court, competing at the top level, is something what he lives for. And he's one of the arguably the greatest competitor ever to, re- to step foot on court. So that is a big thing for him. Uh, and then he went on to say, during my career, I've played some of the best matches at the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Centre. I'm aware that this time around, it will be very different with all of the protocols and safety measures that are put in place to protect players and people of New York. Nevertheless, I've trained hard with my team and got my body in shape, so I am ready to adapt to new conditions. I've done all the checkups to make sure I'm fully recovered and I'm ready to get back on court. 
fully committed to playing my best tennis. I respect and appreciate everyone taking time, effort and energy to organise these two events for the tennis players to be able to go back to their working field. Unfortunately for the players and the game itself, the current situation is not allowing everyone to travel and compete at the same level of risk. And I hope the situation will change soon and we'll all be back to doing what we love and do best. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I'm a reporter, mate, yeah. reading it all out. <laughs> well, it's just nice to hear him coming out and giving, uh, well, it sounds like a very nicely scripted, uh, well-worded. Well-worded, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, but he's obviously been speaking to his management team and they've probably come up with this and I'm sure they've worded it probably better than he could have worded it himself, but I'm sure all the sentiment is there. I'm sure he means all of it and I'm sure he's looking to get back into everyone's good books after the whole Adria Tour nonsense. So, Well, he, did, he kind of did touch on that in a way, didn't he? Saying that he feels back to his best now. He's fully recovered and yeah. he feels that he is safe for him to be going to the US Open. We still don't know whether if you've had coronavirus or right, it makes you immune. Yeah. Uh, whether you can catch it twice. That's not, we're not sure about that yet. But based on other viruses, you'd think that he can't really catch it again. So it's quite a safe prospect, really. You never it's know. It's good that he's over it. And then at the end, he was touching on like the other players as well. Like he sort of acknowledged the fact that there's a lot of players who aren't able to make this tournament. Like notably, like the likes of like Nick Kyrgios and a few yep. of the other guys. And he's sort of touched on the fact that it's not, it isn't really fair, is it? And the fact that some players are able to play, other players aren't able to play. But then the way I look at it as well is a lot of the time, I'm one of Rafa Nadal's biggest fans, yeah? But at the end of the day, do I really buy the fact that the safety and all of that concern was the reason he wasn't at the US Open? Granted, it is an element, but it is a bit of a coincidence the French Open is going to be played a few weeks later and he can only do one or the other in essence. Exactly. So it's kind of like, and it's not just, it's quite funny that all the, all the clay court players, you've got like Fanini, Stan Wawrinka more, yeah. they're all like reserving themselves for the French Open. But well, I know Stan, Stan's not really a, a clay court player. He can play on anything, mate. But um, Fanini spe- uh, specifically, I meant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like no coincidence is it? the French Open's coming up and they've kind of disregarded these two tournaments. Is it really the safety? Granted, you could say it is. There's an argument to say there's, it is. There's but- a... Well, they've got an excuse, so they're using it. So <laughs> that's why I didn't think it was huge news that Novak Djokovic was maybe playing the US Open because I think because there's not been hardly any tennis, we've just been sort of everyone sort of monitoring what's going on. And Rafa Nadal's been making it pretty clear he wasn't going to play. He just wanted to play the French. Hmm. And you just know if he's going to be playing the French, Novak Djokovic... Might as well be playing the US Open. They might as well take one slam each, isn't it? So, oh come on! I don't think it's as simple as that. though, taking one slam each. Yeah, some maybe... big, there's some big competitors in there still, and I hate this whole like comparison. I've seen a lot of recently, especially being that the snookers on. I don't know if you've seen much of the snooker, but Ronnie O'Sullivan come out in an interview saying how the <laughs> younger players are no good, basically. And he'd have to lose basically an arm and a leg before he starts dropping out. Of the top yeah, of the I saw this. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put the video on so people can see. I got sent this by one of our uh, uh, fans on Instagram, sent me this exact yeah. one. But then they'd used it as the talking about the big three in tennis. Yeah. Now, if you look at the younger players coming through, they're not that good, really. Do you know what I mean? And most of them are like, you know, wouldn't even wouldn't even make they'd probably do well as half decent amateurs do you know what i'm saying not even amateurs i mean they're so bad 
that you know a lot of them that you see now you just think Kai you, you've got to, you've got to, I've probably got to lose an arm and a leg to sort of fall outside the top 50 do you know what I mean so that's that's really sort of why we're kind of hovering still around because of the uh of just how poor it is down that end you know it, it's not that bad well anyway well, thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah, and no, I, I, looking at that for me i see i draw no comparisons i think the te- i think tennis is in the strongest point it's been in terms oh, of yeah. competitors on the pitch obviously there's a lot to be done off the pit like off the court with uh marketing and sort of raising the profile of younger players and well not even just younger people on the challenger tour and stuff like that but in terms of quality and ability the top 500 players are exceptional i think it's probably in the best place it's ever been and the likes of City Pass, Medford Dev, team, obviously. And yeah. you've got some of the other guys, Rublev, Felix. I'm not, not going to name all. There's so many of them. <laughs> Incredible endless. players. Endless. And these, I think the level is ridiculously high. And I think the only reason we draw the comparison between like the big three and like apparently they're not really being competitive with the big three is because the big three are so good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't take it away from the people below them because I think they're exceptional in their own right. And, I think they can. I think they're they're definitely bridging the gap. Well, they're Granted, so young. It's taken, it's taken for the older guys to get older and stuff, and they're level to drop off. That's the age, though. On some of them, that's what I mean. I know that you can throw in the argument that maybe Dominic Team he's not yeah. that young, but I mean, if we exclude him from the like the equation yeah. and just look at those, Felix just been turned twenty. You've got Rublev twenty one, twenty two, yeah, Berrettini. Exactly. All of these are in the low twenties. And Dimonor, all of these well. guys coming Dimonor. up. Yeah, exactly. All of those. That's going to be the ones that are interesting to see where they are when they get to like the twenty five. Like, would one of them already won a slam by then? But mm. if they have, they're probably the confidence is going to keep growing for them and for the rest of them. They're all yeah. going to be pushing each other and then I think you're going to see the big three probably drop off a little bit when the confidence starts dropping a bit and you've been beaten once or twice by these young like, lions yeah I think it's just going to be a natural uh, change of guard I think it's just super fascinating really and the fact that this is the first major where Djokovic has played without even the Dow or Federer that has got to have an impact it's, it's going to be so interesting to see right yeah and like I feel like the guys we've just mentioned, I'm going to pick up two actually, and that is uh, Team obviously and City oh. Pass. Yeah. For me, they're the two people who I'm watching this tournament like with a, with a very dangerous. close eye. I yeah. think they're extremely dangerous, and it's not going to be as much. Everyone saying, "Oh well," like you just said earlier, Djokovic win that one. And the with that one. I don't I'm, think I'm speaking. I'm from not sure every, that's going to happen like that. The, the normal mindset for the casual fan will be. The other two of the big three aren't there, then probably Djokovic will win that one, Nadal will win that one. I mean, Djokovic won the last hardcourt Grand Slam and Rafa Nadal won the last 20,000 French <laughs> Opens. So, <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> so this is what I mean. Like, that's that everybody's thinking will go, and they'll obviously be the favourites to win the tournaments going in. But, yeah. like you say, there's been a lot of hardcourt tournaments played in this exhibition, like season or off season, and the top. Performers have been your teams, your Rublevs, your Tsitsipas, Berrettini as well. I think yeah. he's one you should really watch out for because he got I semi-finals agree. last year. And no yeah. Rafael Nadal this year. That would have meant he was in the final if he didn't meet Rafael Nadal last year. Yeah, so, and he, he won the UTS champion as well. Exactly. Um, so he, he's bad. definitely a, a, someone you can't really dismiss. 
It's going to be so fascinating, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Medvedev, one of those players who obviously got to the final last year, no one's even spoken a word about him. We've not seen. I think it's because he's been so quiet. We just don't know where he's been. (laughs) And he's he's one of those players who you look at, and everybody else on tour talks about one of his main attributes of his fitness on court and how well that he is able to get around the court all the time. Will we see that from him again? Well, know. I'm glad you spoke about fitness, to be fair, because Djokovic, in his statement, he said he's training well and he feels in good condition. Obviously, he's had coronavirus. He didn't look, he didn't really set the adriatura like with his tennis. I don't think it no. was really about the tennis on court. It was more about the occasion and sort of sort of bringing a bit of hope um, yeah, to, exactly. to, to, to Serbia and Croatia, wherever they were. Um, but the tennis wasn't like, it didn't really fill me with like, wow. I've watched a lot of teams matches and I've been looking, I've been watching them thinking, wow, this guy's incredible. And um, you can't, I'm not going to judge on that. Djokovic is going to raise his game. He's going to be there right to the end. I don't doubt it. I can't really see past him winning it as well, to be honest. But playing devil's advocate on the whole thing, these other guys, their fitness and they've been training. They've had a lot more match play, say, than Djokovic has. Yeah, exactly. Granted, he's been playing behind closed doors, maybe. He's been working hard, doing runs, like working on his fitness and strength conditioning and stuff like that. But these guys have had a lot of match practice. Could that come into effect? And could you see that sort of prevail in in the fact that a tournament where you're playing a lot of games in a short, short space of time, obviously Djokovic has done that his whole career, so he's got the experience maybe on them. But team is definitely, I wouldn't, he's, he's not someone who's going to suffer with fatigue. No. He's someone who can play every single day for, for literally every day of the year and he'll still be fine. Every day. In the and on his weekends, country. on his weekends, he'll be playing with his son or something and having a little hit. He's that type of guy. Yeah, he can get, yeah, he can play anywhere, anytime right now as well. He's just one of those players who just never stops. And so I think Rublev's a little bit like him in the same mannerisms yeah. and the same way he trains and that type just of thing. Just a bit younger, isn't he, Rublev? Yeah. But he could be, could be in that, he's sort of following the same, um, yeah, the same path. The same, yeah, in the same footsteps. I think one that's obviously the high, highly touted and the youngest of them all, Felix, he was probably one which is going under the radar. And I think if he was to put a few wins together, I think he's just a, he's such a confidence player. He got to mm. a few finals, obviously, this year already. Mm. Might see the best of him yet coming. You don't know. Well, I think these powerful players could have a good advantage. Because what I've seen with the resumption of the WTA Tour, in fact, is the amount of double faults. It's been inc- yeah. ridiculously oh. high. I've never seen so many double faults. And with Felix, we know predominantly one of his strongest parts of his game, obviously there's loads of brilliant attributes he's got, but is his serve. It's an extremely strong first serve and it can sort of stifle the opposition quite a bit. So if he can get that boom in from the start, I, yeah. think that I feel like he's, he's got a brilliant chance. Obviously, his whole game's incredible as well. So that's what I'm saying. Like little fine margins like that, he's already gotten a brilliant serve. If that drops a little bit, it's still being, it would be better than most of the other players. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely. that's my sort of logic behind it. We could see someone like a Felix with a very prominent serve do very well. Well, round it. Yeah, another if, if Ronnie, I'm not sure if Raonic is playing. I'm not seeing anything. He, I'm assuming he is. Well, we saw him do very well in the Australian Open, which was unexpected because he'd been off mm. for quite some time. But he's got one of those serves where it, it starts popping. Then it can it beat anybody on any day. Soon you're beating top players in straight sets in the Australian Open. Maybe Karlovic. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if you get a wild card in there. Wild card in. <laughs> what about Opelka? 
<laughs> yeah, never know. Why not? Like, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I really can't wait to see it. And it's going to be weird just seeing one of the big three there. But it is Djokovic's to lose. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him. I know he always deals quite well with the pressure. He's not yeah. someone to crumble under it. But people will be expecting him every game to be winning it. And not just that, but I'm not even t- we've not even touched much on it, but the Western Southern Open as well, what happens before. He's obviously going to be favourite for that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I think that's that's a cue for the next yeah. part of the podcast. Yeah. You were touching on the amount of double faults and in the women's game. Obviously, yesterday we had an upset, but I know that you've touted uh, as your winner of the tournament. She's going strong. Corey Goff there went through and knocked out Sabalenka, which was yeah. uh, I've watched the whole match and yeah, incredible. I was speaking to you during the match and. Yeah, just see how strong she is as a player, how quick around the court she is. And she just fights fire with fire on court. And Sabalenka is one of the hardest hitting women in the game. And she managed to neutralize a lot of her stuff, which I was seriously impressed with. My verdict on that game was Sabalenka was, she, like you said, she's a very hard hitting player, but she was overdoing it, I feel. Yeah, yeah. At times she was putting a bit too much on the shot. She was trying to completely bury... Corey Goff when she didn't need to. No, she didn't. And it was and it was a case of I think a large part of that, like you can argue, they can look at it two ways. You can say Sabianka didn't have a very good game, or Corey Goff enabled her to have a bad game. Well, I think because she... I feel like yeah, sorry, excuse me, what you're saying. Yeah, I was going to say I think the the commentators they point out she has a very calm demeanor on court. Mm. She doesn't uh, her stress. She doesn't show her stress levels. She just keeps the same demeanour throughout the whole match. And I think that's really promising. Someone 16 to be not... You'd expect them to be more like hot-headed, smashing rackets, <laughs> or just getting annoyed at them. So she seems super like cool, calm, and collected on court. I think it's really mm. impressive. Yeah, no, I agree. Just one thing. You know you said demeanour. I kept thinking of demeanour. <laughs> 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 that's all I was thinking about when you said the word demeanour. I was thinking <laughs> My mind just went off. On, he on has a good demeanour on court as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but back to Corey Goff, for me, like I feel like a lot of opponents, the way she is, like you said, she's very calm and collected, but she's very well balanced. And um, around the court, she can. She's not. People always think she's really fast around the court. I don't think she's particularly like rapid. But what she's brilliant at is, or she is, she's fast. But when she gets around the court, she's very balanced on every single shot. She can take yeah. a shot like the one of the. Do you see the break point in the third set where yeah. it was it was she the um, Sabalenka come to the net, volleyed it the other cross court. Corey Goff sprinted there, and all in like her stride, her striding was perfect. Where she matched the ball, yeah, she yeah. got to the ball in the perfect stride. Do you know how hard that is? And just managed to hit a clean forehand winner. And the, the way after after she hit the shot, the way she like went through it as well, her body, it just looks so um, clean. And it's yeah. really good to see. And I feel like she's got a huge future in the game. It's just like, crazy, The way she's it? playing looks 16. like a top 10 player already. Sabalenka's she can... 11 in the world, you realise that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's playing like a top 10 player, Corey Goss. Mental, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and it's, just, it's, it's, really, it's so cool to watch. And I think that she is... Well, we've, we've had a podcast on it. Check it out if you've not seen it already. We literally did a, a podcast on Corey Goff comparing it to some of that, the great women in the game. And we do feel, we, 
yeah, we, we both feel that she is one of the greats and she can, well, not, sorry, she's not one of the greats yet. She can become one. Yeah. For sure. She's an incredible talent. And just watching her on court, another thing I wanted to point out was her backhand. I saw yeah. one of the journalists speaking about it on Twitter as well. And uh, I, I agreed completely with what he was saying. It was the fact that her, her backhand's so solid. It's one of the most solid backhands in the, in the, in the women's game. Yeah. And um, whenever Sabalenka was going towards her backhand, she was getting it deep every single time on the baseline, pushing her back, making it difficult, making Sabalenka make these big shots and big make, plays. Makes and when play you're playing... shot as well, is not it? When you're playing someone like one of these big hit, big hitters, if you keep making it difficult for them, they get frustrated. And instead of them like, instead of them like um, make, making clean winners, they start making mistakes. Yeah, well, it's clear. And at the end works. of the day, it was clear to see. Like it, it, she got, she she definitely got in her head, and it's amazing. Sixteen year old, just dominating like that. Are... Sabalenka was the second favorite to win the tournament as well. Yeah, how many of those shots did you see yesterday where Corey Goffer just? run one down and just get one more back. And Sabalenka was missing volleys on top of the net. Like, yeah. she was getting so frustrated. She was hitting them, like, miles long. She was yeah, just yeah. going for power, power, power. It just wasn't working. But yeah. Corey Goff... I think the intensity was too much for, for, for Sabalenka. She just couldn't handle it. Apparently, the heat out there is just supposed to be crazy as well. So they're having to contend with that. You're having to be made to play just another shot. You're hoping you can just finish the rally off, get a breather. And someone keeps pinging another one back, another one back, and you just think, "I just want to finish this rally." And that, and then she's just whacking it out. Like, that's <laughs> what it works. That Djokovic tactic, isn't it? Just one more shot, one more shot, one more shot, like that. And then the players end up beating themselves half the time. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But, but no, it's, it's really set that tournament up nicely now, isn't it? So we've got in the next round, we've got Corey Goff playing Ons Jabur, the one you tip. So basically, we're going head to head in the next round. Uh, uh, yeah, and I wanted to say. Uh, Obviously, you're talking about becoming one of the greatest of all time. We've got playing today Serena Williams versus Venus Williams. What a wow. matchup that is. This well, is a crazy. I don't match-up. think it gets much better, does it, really? That's just historic. It's been, I forget, I saw the dates, I forget when it was now, but their first match together professionally was like ages ago, mate. Oh, ridiculous. Like, Probably uh, weren't even born, I weren't. Um... <laughs> yeah, but the, I know that the last time that they played was in 2018, and yeah. Venus actually. Won the matchup in mm. 2018, so maybe something going in there. Like you never know. Like Venus played well; she beat Azarenka in straight sets. You got to remember yeah. this. And Azarenka is no schmuck on a court. Uh, Venus, she's been declining a bit though, Azarenka. Yeah, a little bit, well. but and it is first matches back a little bit as well. So you've got to take it all of this into consideration. But that could be another reason that Venus might have one over on Serena here because neither played much tennis. Sisters rivalry, you never know. Man, I don't know. I can't, I can see exactly your, what, what side you're coming from with it. And it is going to be quite close, I think. Um, you'd fancy Serena Williams come out on top. Uh, yeah, but for sure. You never know. You never know in tennis, especially with them two together playing. But it's going to set up an incredible tournament. I'm so excited to see. We want in, a, in a way, my fit, my, I, I do want Serena to go through. And I'll tell you why. Because we know we would want. it not be epic to have Serena go through there, Corey Goff to beat on the Jabur, wow. and then potentially yeah. set up a huge final, Serena Williams as Coco Goff. I, I can't wait. If that's the if that's the final, I, I would take an Ons Jabur loss if she makes it all the way to the finals of face Serena. That's, that's how much I'd like to see that match up. 
And so yeah. the world. The world wants that matchup before Serena retires. Come on, yeah, we need sure. to see it. We need to. See we need it. to have it. And what better place to do it after a massive five months off with a pandemic? First WTA tournament back. Well, one of the first. Yeah, it'll be incredible, and I'm just. It'll be so good to see. And to be fair, the women's tour, the resumption of it, it's been really exciting. Granted, people have been saying the serving's been a bit off. The standard's not necessarily been the greatest. But I've seen some really good games, some really long matches. Another one to mention, Eugene Bouchard. Uh, she's played brilliant tennis. Yeah, yeah. Bouchard. I think she's on the moment, um, actually, as well. Yeah, she's been playing some really good stuff. And uh, being a, she was only a wild card into the tournament, and she's been beating some uh, higher-ranked players. So, fair play to her. She won again today. She beat uh, Zidansic. So the, uh, yeah, I think she was underdog there as well. So yeah, she was. Fair play to her. She's doing really good stuff. Um, yeah, and we'll see what happens with this big WTA Lexington. Yeah, for sure. Another like, good young uh, player who's been playing uh, well as well is that uh, Leonie Kung. She's been yeah. playing really well. So keep your eyes peeled on her because she's a hot young Swiss talent. Uh, yeah. In the future, I think big things from her as well. Well, she broke through, was it, the end of last year? We saw, yeah. what was that tournament where she, that, where she was... Hua Hin, I, I believe. It was oh, in right, Thailand. Yeah. She won that yeah. tournament. Oh, no, was it the final of Hua Hin? I think she I'm not sure if she won it. I think yeah, she got to the final, final, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the final. But still, amazing to get to the final of a WTA event. That's a real high praise for someone if they can get to that standard. Oh, yeah, certainly. One to watch, for sure, and only young, so... We'll see what the future has for her as well. <laughs> I was going to say, I've just got one uh, big three facts for you this week. Big three facts. Uh, did you know that the big three are a combined 15 wins out of 17 against first-time Grand Slam finalists? So they've played first-time Grand Slam finalists 17 times. And the big three have come out on top 15 of those 17 times. Just, pretty... just shows the occasions. Uh... <laughs> Coming up against them. It just them. shows it's difficult. Well, probably teams. Have... Wait, so it has to be only be their first time. So, so, so it, it has to be their 17 first... different people. Yeah, so there were 17 first-time slam finalists. And so teams, one of them. 15 of them lost yeah, to the big three. Two of them won against the big three. Mm. Or, or two. Wonder who won. Do you want to have a guess? Do you know? Have you got it there? Yeah, yeah, I've got it here. Which of the big threes do you think lost the first one to a uh, first time? Slam? Mate, it could be any of them. I'd say, I'd say Federer. Correct. Do you want yeah. to know which tournament it was? It's the one Federer of the US. It was. Do you want to know? who was it who beat him? The big, your, <laughs> one of your big players that you love. I think he's only taken one slam. Robin Haas oh. hits as hard as him. Oh, Del Potro. <laughs> yeah, so Del Potro beat Federer oh, in 2009 US Open Oh, final. yeah, okay. That is first and, one, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then we had, in 2014, the Australian Open final, where Rafael Nadal lost to... You've massively put me on the spot. There's only, there's only certain people who have won Grand Slams in the, uh, that aren't the big three. If you can go through them, there's been Del Potro, there's been Murray, there's been... Oh, it's a silly, but it's not. He's, he's one of them as well. In this Wonka. era... There you go, you got it. Big Stan at the Australian Open 2014. Yeah, beat on the Dow in four sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But There you go. If you're a first-time Slam finalist, watch out. 
especially if you're playing the French or the US Open this year. Uh, if Djokovic or Nadal makes that final, you better have your uh, best game at hand, I tell you. But anyway, yeah. let's wrap that podcast up. <laughs> We're only doing a quick one. We've even got a little big free facts in there. A little big. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe. And we'll do another video re- uh, reacting to all the big WTA results towards the end of the week. So peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.